0: Thank you for listening to our podcast, Carefully Examining the Text. And today, and maybe the next time as well, we want to look at Psalm 68. Psalm 68 has been described as the most difficult of all the Psalms to interpret. That is a consensus found in several writers. One of the things that makes it difficult to interpret is because there are 15 Hebrew words that occur here and nowhere else in the Old Testament. And Tate lists about 35 rare words, words that may be found more than once, but but are very rare in the Hebrew Old Testament. And so one thing, it's difficult to translate. And when you look at several different versions, you will see that. We want to do the best we can at going through Psalm 68 step-by-step, emphasizing some things that it teaches us about God. Let's start this process little by little. In Psalm 68, the heading states, Psalm 68, for the choir director, a Psalm of David, a song. The last couple of Psalms, 66 and 67, have not mentioned David in the heading, but this one does. Now, one of the things, and I would say the dominant theme of Psalm 68, is the idea that God is warrior. God is a mighty warrior who defeats his foes, and we encounter that idea from the very first verse, The text tells us in the New American Standard, let God arise, let his enemies be shattered, and let those who hate him flee before him. That's the New American Standard Bible. The ESV has, God shall arise, his enemies shall be scattered. Now, one of the things you see is the New American Standard translates that as a jussive, let God act, let God arise, let his enemies be scattered, let those who hate him flee, while the ESV translates those as simple future statements, God shall arise, his enemies shall be scattered the the final difference in interpretation is not profound but but just point i'm just pointing out that there are differences in translations from verse 1 now the statement of verse 1 goes back to numbers chapter 10. In Numbers 10, verse 35, in that context, as Israel was journeying through the wilderness and they would take the Ark of the Covenant before them, as they set out on a new journey, they called God to arise, and that their enemies would be scattered before them. The army marching with the Lord as its head, and the Ark of the Covenant before them. This army would defeat all of its foes. Psalm 68 invokes Numbers 10 and verse 35 and calls on God to continue to stand before his foes. I stated that the most important recurrent theme in Psalm Psalm 68 is the idea of God, a mighty warrior who defeats his foes. And you see that. From this first verse, let God arise, let his enemies be scattered, let those who hate him flee, as smoke is driven away, so drive them away. Psalm thirty-seven twenty, Hosea 13, verse 3, use the picture of the smoke being driven away as a picture of the wicked, as smoke is driven away, so drive your enemies away. And the text says, as wax melts before the fire, so let the wicked perish before God. God, as the mighty warrior, can defeat all of his foes. But God separates the wicked from the righteous. Notice in verse three, the Bible says, But let the righteous be glad. Let them exult before God. Yes, let them rejoice with gladness. The wicked perish In verse 2, but the righteous are glad, and the righteous rejoice in the Lord. But the idea of God as a mighty warrior who conquers his foes is prominent from verses 1 and 2 on throughout this psalm. But because God is a mighty warrior in whom his people can find security, people are called, in verse 4, sing to God. Sing praises to His name, lift up a song for Him who rides through the deserts, whose name is the Lord. And exalt before him. We'll also see that this psalm has similarities to, to songs like Exodus 15 and Judges 5, which were sung in Israel's history to celebrate important victories. And in Exodus 15 and verse 4, you find this statement that the Lord is his name in celebrating the victory over Egypt. God is a mighty warrior. Psalm 68 continually reveals this. But Psalm 68 also reveals God as a gracious and compassionate Father who cares for the weakest, most helpless, and defenseless. In verse 5, God is pictured as being a Father of the fatherless and a judge for the widows. The fatherless and the widows were especially vulnerable to mistreatment because they had no male defender. But God will be a father to the fatherless. A judge for the widow is God in his holy habitation. Verse 6, God makes a home for the lonely. This word lonely was used to describe Isaac as Abraham's only child in Genesis 22 and Jephthah's only daughter in Judges chapter 11. But here it's used to describe people who do not have the shelter of a family, the comfort of other human beings. And the Bible tells us that for these people, God makes a home for the lonely. And God leads out prisoners into prosperity. God can bless the fatherless, the widows, the lonely, and the prisoners. But in contrast to this, the Bible tells us that the rebellious will dwell in a parched land. This particular word for rebellious is used only about four or five times in the Psalms. Two of them are in this Psalm, here in verse 6, and later we'll find it in verse 18. This is the word used for the son that's stubborn and rebellious and will not listen to his parents in Deuteronomy 21, verses 18 through 21. But here God is a comfort to the weak, to the lonely. God is a shelter to the fatherless and the widow. But God makes the rebellious to dwell in a parched land. The text tells us. God is a mighty warrior, defeats his foes. And he marches before his people, giving them security. In verse 2 and verse 7, O God, when you went forth before your people, when you marched through the wilderness, the earth quaked. The heavens dropped rain at the presence of God. Sinai itself quaked. At the presence of the God of Israel, you shed abroad a plentiful rain, O God. You confirmed your inheritance when it was parched. Your creatures settled in it. You provided in your goodness for the poor, O God. We have seen that Psalm 68 presents God as a mighty warrior who conquers his foes and God as a gracious and benevolent father. Who cares for the weak? In verse 10, remember, you provided in your goodness for the poor. God is the father of the fatherless, a judge for the widow, and God provides for those who are poor. But God is also an awesome and holy God before whom all the world shakes in His presence. We see that in verse 8. In verse 8, the earth quaked. The heavens also dropped rain at His presence. Sinai quaked at the presence of God, the God of Israel. All earth, all the earth is thrown into upheaval at His presence. O God is an awesome God. In verse 11, the Lord gives the command, the women who proclaim the glad tidings or the good tidings are a great host. Often when a victorious army came back from battle, women greeted them with song and celebration. You see that in Exodus 15 beginning around verse 18. You see that in Judges chapter 11 with Jephthah's daughter. You see that in First Samuel 18. Verses six through nine, with Saul and David returning from the slaughter of Goliath. The women proclaim the good tidings, and their great host. But our God is an awesome God who has defeated the military enemies of his people. Notice in verse 12: kings of armies flee, they flee, and she who remains at home will divide the spoil. When you lie down among the sheepfolds, you are like the wings of a dove covered with silver and its pinions with glistening gold. When the Almighty scattered the kings there, it was snowing in Zalman." God again is pictured as a warrior who defeats his foes. In verse 12, the enemy armies and the enemy kings were fleeing. In verse 14, God is called the Almighty. That happens only in Psalm 68 and Psalm 91 in the Psalms. God is called the Almighty and God scattered the kings there. God is a mighty warrior who defeats his foes, who conquers his enemies, who puts down those who are wicked. We stated earlier that this song evokes songs celebrating victories in Israel's past. For example, As you look at verse 12, where the Bible talks about she who remains at home will divide the spoil, it brings back memories of Judges 5 and verse 30 and how Sisera's mother is comforted with the thought of Sisera dividing the spoils from conflict. In verse 13, when you lie down among the sheepfolds, it also evokes the language of Judges 5 and verse 16, as some of the tribes were contemplating and considering, but did not end up going to battle. It is interesting, though, whether it be the women dividing the spoil or whether it be those who didn't have the courage to be involved in the conflict. All of them are sharing in the victories that this mighty warrior God has brought for His people. They are all sharing in the victories and God is bringing down His foe. In verse 15, a mountain of God is the mountain of Bashan. A mountain of many peaks is the mountain of Bashan. Why do you look with envy, O mountains, O mountains with many peaks, at the mountain which God has desired for his abode? Surely the Lord will dwell there forever. The mountains are viewed as looking at Mount Zion with envy because God has chosen to dwell there. There are many mountains more impressive than Mount Zion. There are many mountains in that region, in Palestine and the near region, that are greater than the mountain of Mount Zion. But all those mountains are viewed as looking with envy upon Mount Zion, Because God dwells there, because His presence is made known there in a special sense. Why do you look with envy, O mountains with many peaks, at the mountain which God has desired for His abode? All these mountains, in their majesty, are dwarfed by Mount Zion in its holiness. But we stated a recurring theme of Psalm 68 is how God, the mighty warrior, defeats all of his foes. And notice in verse 17, the chariots of God are myriads, thousands upon thousands. The Lord is among them as at Sinai in holiness. You have ascended on high, you have led captive your captives, you have received gifts among men, even the rebellious also, that the Lord may dwell there. The Lord is a mighty warrior, has an infinite number of chariots at his disposal, infinite amount of angels in his army. You remember the account in Second Kings 6, when the Bible tells us that uh, that Dothan and Elisha's dwelling was surrounded by uh, horses and chariots. And, and the servant was afraid and said, My master, look. And Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes. And the Lord opened the eyes of the servant. And there were chariots, mount, there were horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha and his servant. Those who are for us are more than those who are with them. The chariots of God are myriads, thousands upon thousands. The Lord in His holiness. God is a mighty warrior who can defeat all his foes. And God is pictured as ascending on high in verse 18. And he has a train of captives that he has conquered in battle, that he has defeated. He has car- he's carrying with him all kinds of foes who have been vanquished. And he has received their gifts. He has received their tribute. Even the rebellious must bow down and surrender before this God. Oh, God is a mighty warrior who completely conquers and defeats his foe. And God is pictured as a compassionate, gracious God. As we saw in verses 5 and 6, as we saw in verse 10 of him giving a dwelling for the poor, so in verses 19 and 20, blessed be the Lord who daily bears our burdens. Cast all your care on him, for he cares for us, 1 Peter 5, 7. Here, blessed be the Lord who daily bears our burden, the Lord who is our salvation. Verse 20, God is to us a God of deliverance, and to God the Lord belong escapes from death. One writer said that death is apparently a domain with many entrances and with no exits. But God is a God of deliverances. God is a God who provides escape. And God is a God who daily bears our burdens. He daily sustains us. There's an interesting picture in Isaiah 46, in verses 1 through 7. God is pictured as carrying his people. But the idols of the nations are pictured as being carried by their worshipers. The other nations worship gods that are no gods that must be carried by their people. But the biblical God carries his people. He holds us up. He supports us. He is our God. Blessed be the Lord who daily bears our burden, the God who is our salvation. God is to us a God of deliverance, and to God the Lord belong, escapes from death. You see, God is a mighty warrior who defeats his foes, and God is a gracious Father in whom the righteous can rejoice, a God who delivers us from our difficulties, and God is an awesome and holy God whose presence electrifies the whole earth. We've seen all those things illustrated In Psalm 68 thus far, Lord willing, next time we'll have more to say about this amazing psalm. Thank you for listening.